Conversations by Design is a podcast presented to you by Here and Now Living. We seek to engage you in conversations where fresh perspectives are brought to the forefront through immersive pieces and topics. Our hope is to stimulate synergistic thinking, which sparks and promotes desire, hope, and faith. We share with you a birthing space for possible solutions, which encourage healthy change that leads to fulfillment and bettering ourselves and ultimately our world. In essence, our goal is that we engage and motivate one another towards spaces for change where we can thrive here and now. Welcome to Conversations by Design, where we talk about things that matter and how to get them working in our lives. I'm your host, Calavia Cheney, and I'm excited today to have an amazing, dynamic guest, Miss Tia Crockett. Providence Tia Crockett, the coach Tia Crockett, um, powerful lady, powerful daughter of God, um, very influential. Um, and I love that she is very down to earth as well. She's a mom, she's a wife, she's an author. Um, I have her book, Focus on Vision. You want to get that book as well. I know they do a lot of these disclaimers at the end, but I'm just going to front load you with it. <laughs> she has a couple of other ones out there. Check her out on Amazon. Um, but we're going to talk today, this is episode number six, and we're going to be talking about checks and balances in the body of Christ. And really, we're going to expand that just to the idea of just checks and balances in, in humanity. But we want to focus in in that area because um, a lot of times we see that there's a there's a, there's some gaps in our learning. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead, Co- uh, Coach Crockett, Tia Crockett, go ahead and say hello to the people. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um I know this conversation is about to be fire. I'm excited. I know that uh, sometimes uh, those checks and balances in life, they are, it's just a, it's an issue that we get away from because we get away from, from balance. We get away from accountability. We get away from all of the, the good stuff that actually makes life flow easily. I don't know why we make stuff hard. So I'm excited today to just talk about those things because it's going to recenter so many of us. Yes. And like Tia, Tia reminds me of like how, you know, my co-host Israel, he's not with us today, but it's like, we start having these conversations. It's like, why aren't we recording? <laughs> so we said, we'll, we'll set it up. We won't, we won't talk until we get this going. So we actually chatted just a few moments. I was like, see, we should be recording right now. <laughs> right. It was, it was already starting to flow. Um, and I believe it flows because the pureness of heart, the desire to want to see us as human beings, us as believers, as, um, as humanity, just do better in life. I mean, we got to be here because, you know, we're not supposed to check out ahead of time. So we got to be here. We definitely want to make the most of that kind of life. At least I do. And I feel like a lot of people that really care about how we do life, um, how we live this life, a life that's pleasing to God because he's our creator. Um, that's where our focus comes from. We're believers. Then like, let's, let's do that. I just, I don't want to talk about it all the time, but let's do it. But every now and then I think we need to be nudged. Hey, wake up. You've fallen yeah. off the sleep. So we're going to have a conversation about checks and balances in the body of Christ. Okay. Um, where can we begin? Um, I know that one of the things that I feel like this real big problem is because we separate how living and then being a believer. Like we compartmentalize that so that we have this certain things we do in, in, in the body of Christ as 
religious things that we do. We know that we don't do them there. But when we get home and when we get to our job, like we're a whole nother human being. It's like, how you did that? You know, is that psycho, schizo? What is that? You know, that's not what God meant. At least I don't believe so. I feel like he wanted us to do life like that always. It was never about when you get to church on Sunday. It was about, hey, let's have this relationship so I can tell you how to really just enjoy life. Jesus said he came that we could have life and have it to the full until it's flowing over. And in as much as we got to live it, let's live it in peace. Let's live it with as much ease as possible. Sure, we're going to have offenses. Sure, we're going to have disgruntlement because he said in this world, we're going to have some bumps and bruises. We'll have some you know, trouble along the way. But then he said, he didn't just leave it there. And I think that's what I think a lot of times they miss that part. Like read the whole sentence, read the whole yes. chapter, yes. read the whole. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome them all. And so we have to think about what does it mean that he overcame it? You know, and I think because we don't read the whole role, like he told one of those prophets, eat the whole role. Come on. We're not yeah. eating the whole role. We're like, you know, taking little, little uh, appetizers with the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really messes us up because then we go off and make assumptions. James said, don't be that man in the mirror. Don't be that man who sees the word and then looks at it like a mirror and then goes away and, and quickly forgets what manner of man he is. We're not digesting the word. And so for me, I hear a lot of the um, the messages and a lot of the things that are on social media. A lot of them are big, but I like your profit talks and I like your, your Tuesdays, the 10 minute Tuesdays that you would do because we need break these down in bite sizes, I think, so we can yes. chew on it, so we can meditate on it. And our world is so fast paced and we're getting all of this information overload, but let's do some bite size kind of, you know, just so we can really digest. It's a lot yes. to digest the word of God. It's a lot to change your thinking. It's a lot to really let the word come in and saturate your mind and wash it. He said the washing with the water and the word, I think the word is a soap there, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Soap and water. <laughs> Soap and water, people, please. So, so talk to us. Come on, talk to us about the checks and balances. Man, okay. First of all, just when you just were talking about uh, trying to basically compartmentalize life, that spiritual part of you versus life, like doing life, um, a, a practice of mine that I had to come and I had to learn, right? I had to learn this practice over these years is that my sacred and my secular um, it all belongs to God. And so there is no secular. And I know that that is not a popular belief because we we want to just teeter-totter on the edge of that fence as much as we can and see just how much we can get away with, you know, um, as believers. But sometimes if you change your mindset and you change your heart posture, you'll find that you're not getting away with anything because God is not mad at certain things. You know, he's right. not mad at you. Um, going dancing he's not mad at you going camping he's not mad at you going to baby showers and weddings he's not mad at you having a life and dedicating that entire life to him he's right. not mad at that and a lot of us have separated those things like you know your 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 family birthday parties different things that you do different things that you celebrate you separated those things away from you know your worship your prayer your right. fellowship in the community of God, you've separated those two things. And then some of us have done even the flip side. And we've, we've said that we can't do any of those things unless it's with the people who go to our church. 
So right. that's like another flip side of it right there. And so how I learned not to separate the, the my sacred and my secular is because I did go to a church where I was separated from my family um, because I was always so busy and I felt like it was the right thing to do. I felt like it was a spiritual thing to do because I strive to always walk in the spirit. And then God said, well, I got to show this girl that all of this is spiritual because she's only going to walk in the spirit. She's not going to walk in her flesh. So I need to get it into my daughter head that all of these things are yeah. spiritual. And so he kind of gave me that revelation so that I will be able to enjoy life without guilt, without condemnation, without right. these um, unspoken boundaries that I had made up in my mind because of uh, just because of rules we make up. We have so many rules that we make up. We make life so hard. And so, um, and so when we talk about those checks and balances, a lot of times if we would take 100% of our lives and we would dedicate 100% of our lives to the glory of God, then he can do glorious, wonderful, marvelous things with every area of our lives. Right. And so that's where I stand with that. That's that's something that I had to learn because I missed birthday parties and I missed baby showers and I missed family gatherings because I was always opening the church for somebody. I was always you know, doing a service. I was always doing praise and worship. I had to do this. I had to do that. Or I went to the church picnic. And if y'all don't come to the church picnic, then I guess y'all don't want to hang then because we doing this too. Why you can't never come. And it's like, girl, why you can't never go? Go ye therefore. <laughs> go out there and reach them people. Go out there and sit with them. Go out there and sup with them and sit with them. And so, um, and so God had to bring, I, I hate to use the word balance because I feel like a lot of people use the word balance to get away with things. Mm. Like, you know, like I'm going to do what God tells me to do, but sometimes it's okay if I have a little yeah. whatever. Um, and so I don't even want to use that terminology, but God had to teach me how to integrate my secular and my sacred and make and dedicate it all back to him. So I, this is a hot topic for me. It is. <laughs> and you know, like even with my book and even balance, that's for me what it was all about. It was how do I, how, where do I end? Where do you begin, God? Because when you're hearing one thing and you're experienced in life and trying to fit the square into the circle, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. this ain't working. So God, I need you to help me to figure out how to have this balance. And he taught me how to just recognize him in everything. It <laughs> recognize, here I am. See, this is me. I'm doing this for you. See, this is me. I'm, I'm speaking to you. See, this is, I'm allowing you to, you know, so it's all, it's, so it's like, it was like always God was just showing that I'm always here. <laughs> yes. I don't go anywhere. I, if you, as long as you're aware of it. So he brought me to a place of awareness. And so balance for me became about priorities. Not about, not about, um, am I getting it all done? Cause I'm, yes. you know, cause that's, and that's, that's, that's beautiful though, because if, if the Bible says, you know, if I, if I make my bed in hell, he is there. If I go to the uttermost parts of outer space, he is there. He is here. He is there. He is everywhere. We call him Jehovah Shammah. We say, we call him Emmanuel, God with us, right. you know? And so he is in it all. And I was trying to explain that to my son. So my son, he had a, this thing, he comes to me and he says, so how can I hear from God? How can I hear God? And he was, he's 12 years old. He was, he was, he was 12 years old. He's 13 now. He's a teenager, guys. I got me a teenager oh, on my hands. God, the force be with you. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm a teenager, y'all, but he was 12 years old. He came into the room and he was in tears. And I'm like, well, what is wrong with you? And then he starts to tell me that I'm in my room and I was reading my Bible and I'm trying to pray, but I don't hear God talking to me. I don't hear him. 
And then I, I had to explain to him that God is in the inhale. He's in the exhale. God is in the, the ant. Watch the ant, oh, you slugger. God is in the way the tree is waving outside. God is in the answer that you get when you didn't even ask it out loud yet. You know, God is in all these miracles, these signs and these wonders. And so now he's able to see God here and there and everywhere. Right. He's able to now say, okay, I do hear him. I am paying attention. If you're praying about something and it just keeps popping up on a billboard, he's like, I hear you, God. I see right. you. Because we have to learn how to experience him in the everyday things because he is an everyday God. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Experience him in the everyday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure experience in the everyday you were um when you were talking before about like the separating um part um and it's like um I think some I know sometimes people separate because they know okay well I'm trying to you know not be tempted by them doing this if families you know drinking alcohol and getting drunk and or they're cursing and swearing and doing all this stuff so they're trying to separate themselves from that but when you do that, and I and I do get that, so definitely, you know, be prayed up. But my thing is, the if the power of God is living on the inside of me, if He is with me, you know, unless He say don't go, and say no, don't go today, you know, can't He protect me there? I remember a time when I was going to this church, and um. I had, it was um, like 70 miles away. It was amazing. I learned a whole lot from that, so I don't take nothing from it. But I remember um, one of the sisters was really concerned because I hadn't been coming to church. And I said, listen, I knew who God was before I ever came to this church. <laughs> this, this It's not this church that's making me aware of who God is. I said, if God cannot go with me, you know, out of town somewhere, or if he can't be with me because I can't make it to church, this time, like, if that's a small God, I need a God who can cover me. And uh, if he's going to be a God, okay, so we understand what a God is, then I need a God who's going to be with me. If I go all the way to the other side of the world, if that's yeah. as far as he can get to me is to the church, I don't want that God. <laughs> I need the God. I like the God who was with me when I was a kid. It was always with me. And I could sense that it was something, someone there didn't know, well, what's, what is this? And then I start, you know what I'm saying? That's, I need that God who's been covering me all along. So I thought, like, come on, you guys, don't get in these boxes. And I think we're yeah. we're constantly having to fight the box mentality, the fear, you know, the fear and the guilt type of mentality um, that just kind of really takes us over. And then the pressure comes on, and then it's like, well, you don't want to, you know, do this, or you don't want to do that. And um, it's just a lot. It just be a lot. And so checks and balances just within ourselves is one thing. But then checks and balances in how we do life with others is wow. another thing a husband has come home and said hello <laughs> so there let's go to that next level let's go to checks and balances and within within relationships between people and that will include within the body because the the, the unique thing the reason why i want to talk about the body of christ is because we have rules and a guidelines, if you will, in the B-I-B-L-E that tell us how to treat each other, love one another, walk in love, unity, harmony, all those things. So if we're going to do these things, if we're going to walk this way, we're all walking this way. I think the challenge I do know partly is that we're all in different places on the ladder. 
but if we're all on the ladder, at least we all, hey, we all on the ladder. So let me, let me at least hear you when you say, hey, sister, you know, God doesn't really encourage us to, you know, do each other, walk in forgiveness, you know, whatever. But then let you explain that to me further, not just I do what I want to do. I, I ain't, you know, saying just. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the, in the relationship part, the checks and the balances. But I want to say this right quick about, because you were talking about um, the last thing you were talking about, what came to my spirit is don't make a law out of what should have been a message. You, we, we make laws out of what God just meant to be methods and right. they're not. And, and this is what we do know. Like God will give us a way to do something. It's not cookie cut for us out here in these streets. It's just not right. cookie cut. So if he tells me that you, I, because God will all, he'll remove you out of toxic situations, he will do it. He will allow you that grace, but you know, he'll also send you back to the neighborhood you came from. He'll yeah. send you back to the family that he extracted you from. He'll put you back in it. Um, we were talking, like she said, uh, before we came on and, and God will place a solitaire in the family sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he will take you out of the family to give you this hardcore boot camp, this reboot, this just this restoration, this washing of your mind, washing with the word. And then he'll put you back in the situation as a light. He'll put you and back in the situation. Yeah. That's, that's that reboot, reload, and relaunch. <laughs> there it is right there. That's that's what it is. And so, and, and he'll put you back in there all fresh and it's, and, and all ready to go. And, and so what you can't say is you can't, you know, we can't say, well, God removed me. So he's going to remove you or someone else say, well, God didn't remove me. So you got to stick it out and stay in it. Like, allow him to be God, <laughs> allow him to tell us the rules of engagement, whatever the case may be. And right. so that kind of leads into what you're talking about with the relationships in the body of Christ, the checks and the balances with that. It's kind of like, we have these relationships, we have these rules, you know, we're supposed to be loving on each other. We're supposed to be pouring out in the lives of, of one another. We're supposed to hold one another accountable. It's all kind of things that we're supposed to do. But it is really hard to do the what the community is supposed to do when the community is in disarray. Yeah. And so and so what begins to happen in, in the I'll call it the body of Christ, but really I want to niche it down even more and call it like the, the local church, the local body. What begins to happen is instead of the camaraderie and the actual relationship or the koinonia, the fellowship of God, right. instead of that what we end up having is we end up having associations. Yeah. Um, we end up having. Um, what about hierarchies? <laughs> cliques and hierarchies, right? Okay. We end up having cliques, hierarchies, associations. It's almost like when you go to a networking event, mm -hmm. right? And you go to the networking event and you gather up all of the business cards and you, you gather these people's information, not so that you can become friends or family, just so you can talk about business. Right. Just so you can, it's just narrow, you know, one track mind. Right. We don't want to do life together. We just want to do ministry together, right. you know? And right. so there is no checks and balances in that. There's no, that is because you can't check somebody, especially with the hierarchy thing, right? You bring right. up the hierarchy in the, in the local body. You can't check somebody that believes they're above you. Yeah. You know, and right. you can't, they can't really, receive right. You can't receive it. 
And then you can't respect and honor the power of somebody that you believe is beneath you, yeah. you know? And so what begins to happen is we all begin to just fall in line and we don't, we don't get um, the relationship that we're supposed to get. I can tell you um, something that blessed me. I, I thought this the other day and I didn't know that it would come up in this. I was actually going to message you and I was so grateful. I had a moment of gratitude and I was so grateful for the, the day you decided that you want to go out to lunch with me. And, and the reason why I was grateful about like, you know, we can talk about that a little bit if you want to, but the reason why I was so grateful when you decided to go out to lunch with me is because oftentimes I will find myself in a place where I'm being misunderstood because of outside sources, not necessarily because of something that I said or did, but just perceptions or or innuendos or impl implications or whatever. And so the fact that you were, I'm gonna call it brave enough to say, okay, I'm gonna go out to lunch with this lady. And then we sat there and we started to see that we had a lot in common as the way we think or the way that we express or the way that we love the Lord. Right. And so that was just like, for me, that was, a, that was great. That was, that was a lot. I don't know if I expressed how much a lot that was me, but it was a lot because people really don't take the time to do those things. And that is how we get the relationships that will allow us to have checks and balances. If yeah. we don't do the little extra work that it takes to actually cultivate relationship, Dang. then all you're going to have is two passerbys in the, on a Sunday and on a Wednesday, whenever your midweek services are, you're going to have two people passing by each other saying, praise the Lord, sister, praise the Lord, brother. And then you're going to go about your life, getting your car that may not have any gas in it on the way back to your house. Oh that may not have any lights, you know, <laughs> but Stop no one knows me. because there's no relationship. Nobody knows. Yep. That was yeah. good. Um, James 318. I shared this with you the other day. I and I haven't said I gotta send it to y'all. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. It says, um, how does it say it? Is this the right one? It says, um, yeah, real wisdom, God's wisdom begins with the holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Oh, we read that again. Real wisdom, God's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop, and then here it is, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other treating each other with dignity and honor that part oh so good what version of the bible is it it's the message <laughs> version and you know what's crazy because i hadn't i hadn't read the first part about real wisdom god's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with each other and like the king james version it says it's so really different that you wouldn't have gotten that out of you know, you had to, you would have to decipher. Let me see if I can find it right quick. It's like, wait, what? That mean that, you know, this right here makes sense. Um, it's or to make peace with all men at all times as much as we can. Listen, you know? verse 17 says, um, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Like that sounds all eloquent, but that other one, it makes it yeah. plain. Makes it plain. It makes it plain. And I think, 
we need more making it plain. You said something on your podcast that was so powerful. Um, and let me go ahead back and read verse 17. I wanna, I wanna share what you said. It says, but the, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, and easy to be entreated full of mercy and of and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. But that message version, oh, wow. It really just knocks that ballpark. It takes away all of your excuses because it's telling you right there that you're going to have to do the work of, to, to get along with it. Under. You're going to have to treat each other with dignity and with honor. And I think those are words that people need to hear. <laughs> yeah. Then they'll stop and they'll think. But um two things you said one thing you said um last night on the show um was that vocabulary the working vocabulary thing i think is a big challenge and part of the reason why we have this problem of, of checks and balances because like you say oh well the bible say it is but then you're saying well well you don't get to check and balance me let so-and-so check and balance me and i know that there are some scriptures that say let a, another elder go and talk to that brother or whatever things like that um and i'm wondering is okay so but what if he hurt my feelings i he gotta wait to the other brother tell him that I, go go to your brother who you done offended right what happened to all of that <laughs> all of that part how is it because of a positions and a lot of times i think positions really go to people's heads and they say um some people say, just call me brother, just call me sister. And I think we all should be doing that because it'll help us mentally stay in a state of hum humility. I really do. And it yes. doesn't mean that I don't honor the gift that you have. It doesn't mean I don't honor, you know, your position or whatever, because um, I know a lot of that becomes an issue. Well, then, then they you get common with them. Then they think they can just tell you what to do. Well, we should because we're brothers and sisters in the end, not mothers and fathers, not aunts and uncles. And we're trying to teach nephew Johnny something or another, but he says we're joint heirs with Christ. And I keep trying to understand how is it that we're joint heirs when we got this whole little hierarchy happening mm. where it's, you got more joint heir to be and and is that what god's word says and okay well are we reading the same bible maybe we don't have the same working vocabulary Look, you're stirring it up you're stirring it up sis you're stirring it up you're stirring it up now that working vocabulary is so powerful having like i'm i'm helping my son right now he's going to the fourth grade he has summer work okay. and in his book there's there's reading and there's math in the reading section very often he has a word bank to work from okay and in this word bank he's learning the antonyms the synonyms the homophones the homonyms to right. all of these words in these word banks and so a lot of times when we talk about honor and dignity like mm. you just read right well it's kind of hard i was accused of of dishonoring at one point right mm -hmm. But it was because they had another definition of what they thought honor was. It was another definition of what they thought honor was supposed to be. So because it was another definition, I was like, well, then you're going to have to explain to me and define what you believe honor is. And I think what will be so powerful is if we start taking these words, right? Yeah. And we take them back to where they were written and we start right. looking up what God meant by these words. Right. Let's start looking at what he meant when he said honor and dignity. Because for right. you, if you're into the hierarchy thing, for right. you, honoring you might mean um, I always give up my seat for you. I always take a back seat to you. I always 
Um, you can tell me whatever to do and I'm not going to question you at all. I'm right. never going to have any correction for you. To you, that might mean honor. Right. For me, that is dishonorable because to me, to honor anyone who's around me is to always embrace them with truth, with light, with love, and right. to just be integral with all men. And to me, the word bank, integrity means to be whole and to be consistently whole. Right. And so I can't, I can't honor you in the way that you thought honor was supposed to go. But I didn't know that because right. we have a different vocabulary. Right. We have different def definitions of what these words mean. And so and, and, as it pertains to in the body of Christ, the hierarchy thing. Right. If you're walking in that hierarchy situation, if you're walking in the, if you're walking with a ministry that thinks that you're first a deacon and then you get elevated to be a minister and then you get elevated from a minister to being uh, an evangelist and then you get elevated from an evangelist to become a pastor, then you become a bishop and then you can be an apostle. Because I'm telling you, I've been in a lot of church, a lot of different churches. I'm not talking from a church. A, a, a polarized church experience. Right. I'm not talking from that way. I'm talking from these are unspoken things that people will deny every time they will deny that they believe this way. Right. But they don't, they can't, it's, it's undeniable that this is the action. This is the manifestation of what we do. And so now if someone comes in and you see them as uh, I don't know how versed they are in the word. I mean, we got to train them up. We just don't call him a deacon. And right. we don't know, well, with her, uh, I don't know. And so with all of that being said, it's just when you have the hierarchy in place, honor and, and love and all of that, it's hard to really put genuine love in place when you're really busy trying to cater to a person instead of catering to God. It's really hard to put genuine love in place when people can't even go to each other because we've made a stepladder and they got to go to this person before they can talk to you. And the My Bible God. told them to come directly to you. Right. You know? And so right. we make a big mess. We make it where there's a beeline at the pastor's office. Right. When, and we don't talk to each other. You, you talk to the pastor, you got it off your chest, and now you don't never come and apologize. Right. That's <laughs> so, that. so we didn't fix it. Right. And so the, the checks and balances a lot of times is going to come with us becoming a more cohesive community instead of whatever this thing is that we have created that is in chaos. And so I, I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, okay. So what we're, what, what I'm looking at or what I'm thinking about, and again, this is just to try to bring awareness to some of the things that are going on. Um, that we know that we need to bring about change in these areas in order to experience the abundant life that Christ came, that we should have. Um, I think James 3.18 did an amazing job at summing it up, love, um, that we need that wisdom so that we know how to be in character to who God is and then interacting in that way. And I have heard a lot of people in the um, that are in positions of authority, you know, they say, well, you don't understand until you're in those positions. Um, and yet the Bible, or at least the prophets and the apostles have over and over admonished even those that are in those positions to walk in a level of humility or walk in an understanding that you're going to be held more accountable than the others. So all the more, you're going to have to realize that you can't let 
these things overtake us. Or when they do, there is some, there's a word in place that can take to bring us back in order, um, to bring us back in right relationship. I'd rather say that because a lot of times people get offended by the word order, you know, uh, what is order and what that looks like. And, and I know that got to have that working definition. So to bring us back in right relationship, um, right with God and then with each other, because uh, here again, I think if we keep the foundational understanding that God intended for us to do life together, <laughs> you know, how can you love me when, if, when you don't even love the brother? Right? I need you to, I want you to love him because <laughs> I want y'all to get along with each other. I want y'all to work this thing out. So when trouble comes, when conflict comes, when contrast comes, uh, when disagreements come, we have to, we have to realize that we've got to have something in place where there's people aren't afraid to approach each other um, or to approach the situation with a confidence that, hey, we can get through this. We can work through this. You know, even if it comes to the resolve that, okay, I was wrong. So even a lot of that, I think, is mishandled because you're not taking that time, doing that work, going that extra mile to cultivate relationships where we can correct one another. Yeah, yeah. You know what? So we're called to love other people as we love ourselves, right? And a lot of, let's just, we go back and we'll use the word leadership. Um, to love yourself means to actually take the time to identify yourself identify your needs, um, identify your proper, your proper diet, your proper lifestyle to take care of yourself, right? And so inside of the body of Christ, here's what is interesting. You know, we, if you're talking about the hierarchy, you're talking about restoring right relationship. The first thing that we would need to do is there's something in the Bible that we talk about all the time called the fivefold ministry, right? right? And so when we talk about that fivefold ministry, this is a back to that vocabulary and that working word bank. We don't know the proper functions or definitions of this fivefold ministry thing. And so what has happened at this point is pastor has become the king and apostle is better than him. And the prophet is supposed to be this mean person out on the island that don't take no junk. And we take on these definitions with pride, you know, yeah. and they are so misconstrued. They are like not God's perfect plan. Right. And so what happens is if we start to honor, because there's that word again, right, and, and show dignity towards one another, we start to honor each other. Then what begins to happen is our relationships, they go from being, there's only one relationship that should be vertical. <laughs> right. only one vertical relationship that's us toward the father and even that relationship is it's almost if i i have a, an imaginative like the, my my vocabulary so i see like a even if it was a beam and you don't know whether the beam is coming from from a heaven or if it's coming shooting up out of you you right. don't know like you know right. because it is just it is the place of god right and so right. that's vertical that was wonderful good. but the horizon the horizontal relationships it looks less like this person is on top of this person is on top of this person it looks more like brothers walking arm in arm with right. our arms linked to one another walking arm in arm walking hand in hand and if we don't get that idea in our heads and if we don't start to redefine what a pastor is supposed to do if your pa if your pastor is the one who can tell you whether you can go on vacation he can tell you whether or not you can take family trips tell you whether or not you can take a day off from church, tell you whether or not 
you can marry this person or whether or not you can put your money in this place and you got to check in every five seconds to get permission. Um, that is ungodly. That is a cult. That yes. is a cult behavior. You right. know, um, you can't hang around this person because they don't go to this church no more, or you can't hang around that person because they don't, they never went here and they won't come. And, 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 and if your prophet is always only bringing you just hard instructions and never any admonishment and never uh, any futuristic information and intel from God, then that is called a dictator. That's not called a prophet, you know? Right. So there's different things that we start to, um, we got to redefine that fivefold so that, now these people can become people again because right. the truth of the matter that we don't want to talk about and i know that this is probably very controversial to some people is that the whole fivefold thing it really like little traces and bits of it exist in all of us so we want to feel so important i'm if if, if you know i'm a leader quote unquote right. at my church right? right and so that don't mean nothing to me <laughs> and let me tell you why because i'm a leader in my home and I'm a leader in my community and I'm a leader in my friendships. But what also is my friend who's in a friendship with me is also a leader because she leads me sometime too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and I understand that there is like in your home, your husband is the head of the home. But even with that, when you start looking at help me, help me is the same or helper. Helper is the same thing that is used for Holy Spirit. It's not a lesser version exactly. of something and right. even when they talk about the weaker vessel in the bible it's not talking about you being weak it's talking right. about you being delicate and precious like right. a porcelain jar that is easily cracked or easily harmed because you need to be handled with care it's right. not about it's you, being you should weak. treasure <laughs> right it's not about you being weak it's about you being a treasure and yep. so if we start fixing our mindset of even what that looks like then a lot of the 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 things that we've been we've been fighting over forever we've been fighting over since the fall in the garden and your desire will be after your husband's you know clout and his position or whatever and so oh the the realigning of relationships will be in the redefining of relationships yeah that's what i believe like the realigning is in the redefining and once you start seeing who you are then you will be able to not be in um, defense mode all the time. And you will also be able to not constantly offend people all the right. time. And then you'll be able to have some friends and right. you'll be able to have some <laughs> companions instead of everybody having to be your peon and, and you can't trust anybody. You can't get common with anybody. You can't, you can't, you can't. You'll yeah. start having relationships that yeah. can flourish and grow and actually feed your life. Exactly. So, that sounds, that was beautiful. That was very beautiful because that is, that is very rampant, rampart, <laughs> rampant in the body of Christ. And so we sit out here and people don't even see that it's really a work of the enemy. It's uh, the inner me and the enemy, <laughs> you know, you make yes. you feel like this level of um, this lack of confidence in the brothers, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, you know, we're supposed to have that camaraderie together that we're all joint heirs with Christ. And I get it. There's, you've got your calling and you were saying like that honor thing about if, if you're so-and-so is called over here and somebody might be called to the wilderness and somebody might, see, I was listening. <laughs> I hear you, girl. <laughs> I was listening. Um, that we can still honor what they've been called to do or who they've been called to be. And it's okay. They're not something yeah. that you own. They're not a possession. A lot of times I hear people say, well, my wife, well, I'm talking to my wife or this 
the, so you, you can you can hear past that that I know that's your wife. So really, you're trying to establish something <laughs> instead of saying that's so and so. So my wife, just saying Susie. When I was talking to you, got to say my wife or my or my husband. You're trying to establish some understanding, <laughs> or you're showing a lack of security in your relationship with that person. That the mm-hmm. confidence is there. That you know, because I'm trying to take it as a possession instead of that person being a instead of you allowing your wife or your husband to be a person. Yeah. We don't rest out. We don't rest our husbands and wives too. It checks and balances. Yeah. <laughs> because of our yeah. insecurities, um, because of our lack of confidence. All of this is what's stirring this up. This, And then we use these platforms to try to become, or sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, you know, we're just talking about when it's getting out of balance, when it's getting out of out of out of hand when it's when it's violating right relationship how about that yes yes and then getting so you talk about confidence you brought up confidence a couple times the lack of confidence because the lack of a a lack of confidence is is what is created and cultivated when you cause people to feel lesser then they lose their confidence in being able to to pray for you to being able to pour into you to being able to to actually converse with you on a on an equal level of respect and honor and dignity they lose the idea that they have the ability to do that and whenever they come into your presence they cower down and they back down and there might be some things that they need to tell you no about and they don't feel they have the right to do it and you allow it you know what i'm saying like as a leader you allowed it and you you see that they don't really want to do it and it's called bullying i don't know whether you I was a school teacher. You were a school teacher. So you know about the anti-bully rules that they start teaching the kids. (laughs) And so that's called bullying. I don't care how spiritual you make it sound. That's bullying when you know. And if you were in somebody's job, you know, they wouldn't, they don't allow people who are the, the, that's the boss to date people that's under them because it can be seen as like, you know, a a form of bullying, sexual harassment, fraternization. Like you can't do it. You you can't do it. And so- when you talk about that confidence, something that that we try to do to regain regain our confidence that is not spiritual, there is only confidence in God, and I like to call it Godfidence. Yeah. There's only confidence found in God. But when we try to find confidence outside of God, what we do is like like I said earlier, we'll take His methods and we'll try to turn them into laws because mm-hmm. we want something concrete to be able to hold on to, right? Right, and right, then right. Out of that as well, we'll take we'll we, we'll take um something a revelation that he gives us and we'll try to have the monopoly on that subject or try to have the monopoly on people like ownership of people so now when somebody starts teaching it in another way you can't be their friend because they're not in a they are not your clone they don't speak on the same type of a wavelength as you so now you don't know about being you know now you're at odds with them and it never should have been that way that the, the example that i brought up last night was because think of john the baptist you know think mm. of him in the wilderness a voice crying out from the wilderness versus someone who has been in seminary and theologian schools and all of this and having the right garb and the right hats and the right Pharisees and the sadducees right right and now they're saying one thing but, but they were very much so needed for that he right. said another thing and, and, but, and even imagine this, there were different camps during the time of Jesus Christ. And so right. Jesus had a camp of disciples. Right. John also had a camp of disciples. Right. So what happened 
is what if Jesus, because Jesus had another personality, he had another way of ministering, he had another way of existing. What if Jesus and was jealous or intimidated by John the Baptist? Because John the Baptist have these disciples that were radicals. They were they were like him. They were eating right. locusts and honey. They were radicals in the in their faith. You know, right. what if Jesus was like that? Is the wrong way to do it. You need to be more Please. peaceful. Like John the Baptist and Jesus, when I think of them, I think of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. <laughs> like I think of one is by enemies necessary and the other one is like peace, you know. Yeah, right. And um, but what if they were button heads with each other, thinking that no, my way is the right way. Don't talk to John the Baptist, don't talk to any of his disciples because they don't do things like us. Mm. And it's like, no, they're approaching it from another angle. If we started to respect and honor each other, then what would happen is. I would respect that Caladia has a an influence over a certain type of person, people and things because of her spirit, because of her personality, because of right. the way God made her. And right. I might have an influence on a whole nother group of people that would never listen to Caladia, but God is so merciful that he will not leave them in the right. wind because they can't listen to Caladia. He will just show them someone else who they can right. listen to they until they decide listen. to grow and walk in maturation. And that's the mercy of God. Right. That's the mercy of God. That was good. That was good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh boy, I tell you. Well, <laughs> like it's, it's a lot to chew on. Um, but I believe it is something that's really important. Um, that we've got to get that working vocabulary so that we can be on the same page and or at least, and I think one of the other challenges is we have closed our minds off we're so that graphic that you shared on facebook where the arms are folded in the mind they can't even hear they can't even hear past you know the front right line message it's like okay where's your discernment you know <laughs> or something or just just have an open mind to consider different things or consider the possibility or well let's take counsel and just say well wait a minute what well, wait a minute, what would god might think about this you know we would drop what would god do what would jesus yeah. do just we don't even care what jesus would do we just we got our thing and we don't want to let go of it and um i'm just really praying that we come to a place where we're we're just putting on those things on the shelf and saying hey let's consider this how can we do the better like as we say do the better feeling thing for the better of every, you know, let's get to that point where if we're gonna grow, I think about, I think about um, Miriam when she was plagued with the um, leprosy and had to sit out the camp, right? Like the whole nation had to wait. <laughs> they were at a standstill. Wow. Until she was restored. And so I think we need to just really be praying for restoration so that we can all get back in a place where God can move us, mobilize us and move us as he needs, see fit and need to. We're, we need to be listening to Holy Spirit and allowing him to connect us and move us in some places and then respecting and honoring what God is calling you to do, what God is calling you to do. Um, and this, so now it's bringing me back to like at uh, BCM, which is Believing Christ Ministries, my brother's ministry on Bible study on Thursday nights. I was actually on that before I called you. Uh, we've been studying Exodus. And um, last time, we were, last Bible study, we were doing Exodus 19, I think it is, or 18, it's 18, where um, 
Moses, he's the set man, right? Who God has chosen. But when they got ready to fight the Amalekites, he said, okay, well, Aaron, I think it was, or Joshua, you pick out the men so y'all can go do battle. And then um, the two guys who were with Moses on the on the hill, because they didn't say it was a mountain, they said on the hill, he would hold his hand up. And then he, as Moses was holding his hand when he got tired, these other two men were there to hold his hand up, right? Now, nowhere in there, you heard, well, I want to hold up Moses' hand. <laughs> well, right. why can't I point the, hold up my hand to God Moses and you come down here and fight and let me, you know, they went, they was like, it was almost like, okay, what we're going to do? What's the game plan? And everybody went and did their part. We need yeah. to let people do what they've been assigned to do and, and just get out of this fear of God is so big. I think they don't, a lot of people don't realize how big he is. And then you'll stop trying to hold on to people and hold on to positions. Like, is it come? What if one minute he wants you to be, you know, the pastor of a church in the next minute, he just wants you to be an advantage just floating around. You're going to be okay. You know, look, <laughs> but what's so powerful is also in that it is so important that we, cause like I said, you're only going to love others like you love yourself. Yeah. And so it is so important that we step back into a place of reevaluation and we see how significant the thing that we have been called to do is. So yeah. what happens is when you start to see how significant your part is, then you'll stop overriding it. You'll stop putting it on the back burner for somebody else's vision. You'll stop burying your vision to be the whatever this lie that we have made up that you're okay. supposed to just don't worry about the vision God gave you because if you work on my vision, God will take care of yours. Right. Like that is right. something that I have heard before as well. That is, but that's not true. <laughs> Yeah. garbage okay I have okay. to figure my right my right words to say right there because it's garbage <laughs> work on and, it um and and like you said be willing to well we got to be willing to hear and relearn we got to unlearn and relearn we have to unlearn and then relearn and that picture if I could just touch it I have been trying to stay away from these subjects I've been on a few podcasts from in the, this week and this mm. is going to put a time stamp this is a timeless message, but this is going to put a timestamp, so, so to speak, on your message because um, it's a current event. Yes. But that picture with the arms folded over the eyes, the, the stubbornness of mind, not being willing to actually hear or see anything fresh or new. I put that picture up and I was talking about what's going on with Dr. Creflo Dollar, right? Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> and I don't know how long you want this podcast to be, but let me tell you something. That was such an interesting occurrence for me. And I was so excited, not because, um, not because I don't, because what essentially what he said was what people keep repeating that he said is that he's repenting for, te for teaching um, tithing, right? And so he's not repenting for teaching for, for altogether teaching tithing. He's repenting for teaching it in a, um, in a way that was passe. He's repenting for teaching it in a way that was manipulative or that was a lower way of teaching it. However, because we want things written in stone, because we like laws and because we like 
to have the monopoly on teachings. Here comes a guy who everybody has called their spiritual father at some point or their spiritual grandfather. These same people who have said that you're supposed to respect your spiritual father or grandfather. You're supposed to respect them to the point where you don't question anything they say. These right. same people who have taught us this. But right. then he comes back. He's been the authority when it comes to money and abundance in the kingdom for a while now. He's right. been a, a, an authority. He's your, your spiritual father, your spiritual grandfather. He just said all these things. And then he comes back and he repents for the way he taught tithes and offering so much to the point where he says, throw away the tapes, throw away the CDs, throw away the books, whatever it was, throw it away because I taught it wrong. Right. And he recognizes that he was teaching out of a spirit of manipulation. He was right. teaching out of a, a, a spirit of, it's the same spirit that bursts this hierarchy in church. It's a right. spirit of manipulation is a spirit of brokenness and so he was like i was teaching you that if you don't pay you're going to get cursed right. and then i was teaching you if you do pay you're going to get blessed and all of that comes from a system of brokenness yeah and so and then he's saying i'm not telling you to 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 not give because you need to give and god might tell you to give more but then he was honest enough to keep going and say I'm not telling you to give 10% because God might want you to give that to this on this week. And God right. might want you to, to pay your bills on this week. And then he told a story about how he, the self-incrimination of, of his belief system when he had 123 cents that he was supposed to pay for right. tithe and sure. he missed the 23 cents. And then his brand new car window got bust out and he thought it was his fault. And that he deserved it because he forgot his 23 cents on his tithe. And so he was trying to say that it was a lawful, um, manipulative, passe way of thinking. But the church went crazy this week. Oh, my God. On fire, man. (laughs) Yeah. They went crazy because... This is a staple to them. This is a stronghold. This uh, they, they don't say it's a stronghold. They say it's a staple. It's a, this is a principle. This is a belief. And a principle is great, but a principle is not a law. Right. And when you try to make a principle a law and you use a principle outside of the timing of God, the principle now is a principality. Right. And so now here we are stuck in this place that should have been a strong tower, but now it becomes a stronghold. Right. God is moving on. You got to move with him. Right. You got to move with him. And so uh, a lot of the things that we practice in church, God is moving on because he's revealing himself from glory to glory. And right. it's on a slow drip. And I think that a lot of, of things, we just think that this is the way it's always going to be. Um, however. Checks and balances. No. So even in that case, he might, he let you know that, you know, it was the pressure because he talked about it. Like, I, you know, you think about this thing, but you know, you're in the circle and you can't really just, well, so you just kind of go along with everybody else. So that pressure of teaching in a certain way, even when you once he probably came to an understanding that maybe I'm not supposed to, okay, well, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to be, you know, the one to rock the boat and everything. That was one of the things that he mentioned. And so that ch- that's, that's where checks and balances get out of whack because mm-hmm. plenty of people have been teaching that this is not the way that it should be done. And yet, who were they, you know, but he's a global influencer in the body of Christ. And I think that's really, you know, that really just shook the world of people that they had so many, I was surprised so many Christians and believers had negative things to say. Uh, I think he's probably trying to work an angle and um, 
Um, well, you know, he need to go sit down somewhere. I'm still going to pay my tithes and just different things that you were hearing. I'm like, y'all can't even hear this man heart. <laughs> you yeah, they didn't even hear the- He's a human being. And he, do you realize how much humility it took for him to say that in front of people? How he much humility the- and, and bravery? Yes, courage. Because now, because I, I know this, the, what they call it, the slap back, the clap back, and all the other backs. So yeah, he's a part of some very prestigious circles that believe very strongly what he renounced. And yeah. so, um, and that's what excited me. It was a person of um, of power and position uh, that decided to use their platform for repentance. Yeah. And so, and, and, and so I'll say to pivot back to the checks and balances inside of the church, um, there are people who are hearing, there's a different way that God wants to do things. They, we see, we have seen it over and over again. Some people have been to so many churches in their life, have been a part of so many different fellowships, and this does not work. This hierarchy right. that we have, right. it does not work. And then you, they say that it's insanity to keep trying the same thing over and over again and expect you, different results. Right. Yeah. And so, ex- look, except for when it comes to church, I guess, because we keep trying to have the same structure. We keep trying to have the same hierarchy. We keep trying to have the same, like the same product, different wrapper, different shelf. It's yeah. the same thing, you right. know? And, and and God is really trying to do something because even in that, the reason why I was so excited about Prefalo is so many different things. First of all, it causes people to see somebody huge has set and reconsidered something that was his whole basis of his ministry. Exactly. Secondly, it was showing that, okay, how, because a core value is something that you believe that cannot be changed because of situations. Right. That's what a core value is. And so um, these things that you've been acting like were absolutes. Is it really absolute? Because now the man who you called your spiritual father, who you said that you should not question and right. you should not, um, you know, don't question him. Don't, don't go against him. Now he's saying something that really shook you like on the inside and now right. are you ready to, now are you going to buck against him? Because right. he's saying something that is a little bit different from what you're used to saying all these years, because now you're going against, don't say anything back to your spiritual father. Exactly. Since that's what y'all got out here in these streets and spiritual yeah, fathers and grandfathers, spiritual uncles and say spiritual that. Um, <laughs> Fill in the blank, all of the things, whatever, all the spiritual family you want to have. But anyways, um, <laughs> so- the it needs to be torn down for real, for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It needs to be torn down. Um, <laughs> and get back to being brothers and sisters and watch how beautifully, how beautifully things blossom and how even the 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 love actually gets to flow. And so that's some of the things that excited me about him doing that. I don't know his motives. I pray that they are pure. I've never had a reason to not trust this man. I have had some great teachings come through him. And even the, even the fact that he talked tied and offering the way he did for a season. God winks at things for a season. Right. And he will allow us to learn things out of that. We, some of us learned the discipline of giving through that. And right. now God is saying, now that you had a discipline of giving, I want to shift it to a devotion of, of giving. giving. Isn't that I awesome? want to shift it to a devotion of giving. And I want you to have a more excellent way. And so now when God tries to grow us and shift us, then we panic and we try to hold on to the last thing because that's our security. No, I turned this into a law, so this has to stay. And right. so as it, as it pertains to the hierarchy, you have believed all this time. We even had the pulpits set up in churches look like thrones, right? 
Right. And you have believed all of this time that the pastor was the king of the house. Right. And this is my house and this is my vision. What happened to it being the house of the Lord? What right. happened to it being He's God's vision? <laughs> he said, right. this, I built my church, not yours. This, this not, yours. not yours. Not yours. Don't even call it yours. Get that out of your vocabulary because it's not your church. It is God's church. Yeah, we start tweaking our vocabulary and we become more powerful. Like I put up a little post, just little things. I'm an agitator. So I put up this little post and it says, you don't belong to a church. You are a church and you belong to God. Amen. Yes, that's true. So that true. for a minute. Right. That make your mind think differently. Yeah. Just shift your mindset. So I think that uh, embracing the idea of, embracing the idea that God is still speaking and that there's not a period at the end of his sentence, but a comma. Come on now. Then that's going to shift us into a place of growth. And that's all we really need is yeah. to have a growth mindset as it pertains to the things of God. And stop trying to box him in, like you said in the beginning. Yeah. Stop boxing him in. Well, I thank you so much for your time. And even what you just said then, like God gave me here and now living so many years ago. I haven't written in journals from way back way so far back is crazy because it's is you know and it, it a lot of times it gets confused with the, the the new talk that people talk but it was it came to me from god and it was because he's always speaking what is he saying to you now you know he would tell and we, we've been looking in the book of um we've been working our way through the old testament and it's like god was leading them with his voice and telling them okay now okay collect gather the bread on six days but on the seventh day don't go out there because it ain't gonna be none you know this kind of thing then he had changes okay tell them to come but don't let them come to the mountain don't touch it then he said okay now let them let the priest come he said but i thought you said don't let them so he's directing what is he saying here and now you know he's here and he's giving us a now word and we've forgotten about the rainbow word that i think a lot of the problem with that and i do want to close is that people don't believe that god is a now god he's a living God is Jesus is a yeah. living hope. It means it's yeah. an on, he's an everlasting. What happened to eternal life? I think we start losing that. This is the God of all creation and he's alive right now. And he can speak to you right now and share something with you. And it might sound really off or whatever you like, but, but God, I always do this this way. And he said, but now I want you to do it that way. And what's right? even scarier than God being a living God is considering that the Bible is a living document. Amen. You know, yes. our our uh, Declaration of Independence is a living document and they can change things and they can add bills and they can add amendments and all this yep. kind of stuff to it. And the Bible is a living document. The, the writer, one of the writers literally said, I had to stop writing because I what I saw was too great. And he was still seeing things. He just pulled his pen back. So God right. didn't stop talking. He just pulled his pen back. And, and we need to realize that God has not stopped talking. He just pulled his pen back. And now we need to open our ears. I, um, I wrote a poem called The Written Word. And it says that we are the written word of God, the part that he wanted to be. And it was too much to divulge in a book. So here we are living every part of it. We're that part. He's, it'll be years from now, it'll probably be a whole nother Bible <laughs> that, yes. that's, that talks about our life in the city. It'll be this podcast. It'll yeah, be people it digging the, this up. Yeah. <laughs> Saying, what was they talking about now? What happened? Okay. You know, yeah. Well, I am your host, Lady Cheney. 
thank you so much, Tia, for coming on, for us talking. I definitely want to have you back again um, because, like I said, I, this podcast is really about just having those conversations that say, hey, wait a minute, let's think about this thing. Hey, can, this isn't working. What can we do differently? And I'm very confident that, that God wanted me to do these so that we can have um, a collection of fresh thoughts that say, what is God speaking to us now? And even though this is not here now living, it is a part of here now living. It's conversations by design. Until next time. <laughs>